Today's episode is brought to you by the Reese Hotel in Queenstown. Now is the time to book your five-star hotel stay at the Reese Hotel in Queenstown, proudly New Zealand owned and operated. With stunning lake and mountain views, courtesy town shuttles, a private beach and jetty access, and staff that'll blow your socks off with their impeccable service, it's definitely not your average weekend getaway. Guests can experience the talents of Chef Corey Hume at True South Dining Room for some exquisite locally sourced produce or their lobby bar with the award-winning wine cellar bursting with local and international vintages or simply work your way through their cocktail list. Perhaps if the mood strikes, uh, break out the in-house Bentley Continental for a quick lakeside spin or an airport pickup with a difference. The video you're seeing now, I took over the weekend with my stay up there. This is the view from one of their balconies. While all the rooms come with balconies and heaps of space to enjoy these views, now is the time to book your weekend getaway with a special discounted price. Book now via the hotel website. That's the race, T-H-E-R-E-E-S.co.nz. Use the promo code COVID-19, one word, to receive a special offer of 10% off any accommodation. That's thereese.co.nz and use the promo code COVID-19 for your getaway. The Behemoth Brewing Company presents the Department of Conversation with Pat Brittenden. Behemoth, give me something hoppy. Now look, before we start, we better make sure that we get this right, because uh, I sat down and had a chat with you the other day and I was wearing a cap. And you asked me, was it no, no New York? Is that yeah, the- yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no Yankees. I'm a Red Sox fan, so Red Sox. Yeah. Like, I don't have a Red Sox cap because yeah, I was. Right. So, you're originally from Maine, yeah? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, and I was looking for people who don't know. I love the intrigue around this this part of America because it's like, are you Canadian or are you American? It's right there, up in the corner yeah, of like yeah. Vermont. You know, Nova Scotia right beside, Montreal right beside, Quebec City, very close, Ottawa. I mean, I say very close. It's probably still a 20-hour drive because America is... Oh, yeah. It's, it's not quite 20, but uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's getting so, there now. So for people, people who don't know, that's up in that corner. New York's right here. Is yeah. being from Maine and hating New York kind of like being from Hamilton and hating Auckland? They are kind of your nearest neighbor, but kind of stick it in your, stick in your air hole, we hate you anyway sort of thing? Yeah, a, a little bit more. I mean, probably being from Maine, hating people from Massachusetts is a bit more like that in Boston. But then again, you got the Boston sports. And I mean, Boston and um, the Red Sox and Yankees just have a big rivalry. That's kind of Australia, like New Zealand kind of rivalry type thing, you know. But uh, yeah. So because I always like to set up my conversations with no barricades, I, I've got some options here. I've got the Pittsburgh yeah. head on at the moment. But you know, we, we can go. <laughs> we can go the we can go the west coast with Los Angeles, or or San Fran, Baltimore, you know, oh, yeah, uh, Diamondback, Arizona, Diamondbacks. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Tampa Bay, uh, or we can go Houston, or we can go uh, Chicago, or we can go. I'm wearing Pittsburgh. This isn't all my caps. I'm a little bit addicted to caps. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> Because, you know, I know I understand rivalries in sport and I don't want to put up an impedance to this conversation. No, so. no, no, no. Yeah, just stick stick with the Pittsburgh. That's fine. Yeah. I, I did think Pittsburgh because I was thinking about, you know, Pittsburgh's just over here. So it's sort of, it's yeah. not your local team, but it's there's Maine. And... Yeah, you know, it's far enough away that, that, you know, we don't care as much. But yeah, just as long as it's not Yankees, really. America is terrifying, eh? I mean, like, when yeah. I mean, I'm, only, I'm for lots of reasons, but I'm talking purely size at the moment, and we don't get it. Like, I, we look at, we look at, like, his main up here again for people who are, yeah, who are watching. It looks like it is right next door to Quebec City, but what is that? Is that a several hour drive to get from Quebec to where you were in Maine? Oh, you're the one on Google. Um, I mean, it's 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 like five hours, yeah. eight hours. Yeah, yeah. I mean. So that's like Auckland to Wellington, or it's yeah, like now, yeah. and it looks like yeah. it's right there because of the purely the vastness of the country. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's you know, America's all these different little cultures. You know, really. Yeah. I mean, you know, you say, "Oh, you're from America." You know, I mean, what does that what does that even mean? It's 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 huge that you know, 
the north and the south is 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 really different. I mean, I left when I was 19, so I traveled yeah. a little bit, but I've been living in New Zealand since I was 19. So I've lived my whole adult life in New Zealand. So there's still some things I haven't really experienced. But my brother did move to South Carolina, and it's just a different it's just a different culture down there. Um, we, we went down there and he, he was telling us and we didn't really believe it. You go in the grocery store and like, you know, the guys there at the deli counter, you know, how y'all doing and having this big, long conversation. And we're like, yeah, that's good. But just give us our meat. We want to get out of here. We're from, you know, <laughs> and then I go up to Boston, you know, and you're in this food court and the guy's like, oh, you want some pizza? What do you want? You know, want a Coke? You know, come on. Who's next? And I'm like, oh, it's good to be home. <laughs> <laughs> how often do you get back to the States? I mean, obviously the last couple of years, zero, but. Previous to that, what's the what's the rotation back home? Oh, I mean, when um, so I'm married to a Kiwi, been here, you know, since 2002. It was every kind of year and a half, every two years for a while. Uh, then we got kids. Um, then it kind of turned into my parents coming out every every year, every right. you know, 18 months. But we had a um, we went in 2015 for Christmas and then we had been planning a big um three month trip to the states um and it was meant to be we had tickets booked june 5th 2020 <laughs> ah, there you go. yeah so it's oh man it, it's it's still a bit of a sore spot for us because we've been looking for we had fundraising we got four kids and talking to our kids and it had been you know four and a half year get and now it's going to be you know who, yeah who knows yeah are you one of those people who still has like four thousand dollars sitting on it airplanes credit line somewhere no actually because the law was um if you go if you book through america you could um get the money back so i, I literally yeah. emailed air new zealand and i was like hey i'm looking into getting a refund you know for this and this was a month after because you know we didn't it was about six months after um, we had meant to go and the next like literally the next day the money was back in my bank account wow. Eight and a half grand. <laughs> I, I was uh, May of 2020. So, you know, two months after the, the lockdown started, it was my father's 80th birthday. Mm. Uh, so we have still $800 split between New Zealand and Jetstar of flights for me and all the kids to get from Dunedin to Auckland to back again. And I've just heard, and this is not official information, but if people are watching or listening to this, maybe if you've got a credit, you should check. My sister called me the other day and she said, oh, my credit on Air New Zealand's about to expire mm. and so she's booking a flight to come down and say good day and you know check out Otago but so I'm I'm going to have a look at for those of us who have had those credits sitting there for 18 months a couple of years they might have to either be used or lost and I don't I mean as much as I love Air New Zealand and want to support you know our our yeah. national carrier I don't want to just hand them six or seven hundred dollars like it's nothing oh absolutely and, and that's what I was worried about because I was like yeah like it literally was Eight, eight and a half grand and i was like at oh. first they said you got a year to spend i'm like how many times i gotta to go to queenstown <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah eight and a half grand you know like yeah <laughs> no good hey but look thanks for joining us thanks for coming in and having a bit of a chat i mean uh, for people who, who don't know you um you're Which is probably a lot well just <laughs> you are a comedian but you when i knew you let's say 10 15 years ago you were a comedian Yes. Is it something that you've moved a bit away from and got on with other parts of life? Or is it something that you have continued? There's more news around you and comedy that we'll get to. But that part of your life, like you were an award-winning comedian. You're winning awards for up-and-comers and new beginners and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, so the last 10 years of your life, has that been something that's stuck around? Um, yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a long story. But yeah, I was, I was going well until about mid-2010. And then... It's kind of hard to describe, but I had a, I, I guess I had a health crash would probably be the, the thing. Um, I, I was diagnosed with arthritis in my spine, but I had a, a lot of chronic fatigue and chronic pain, which actually lasted seven years. So I, I had right. to, I had to step away. I had to step away from all work. Um, and you know, that was, that was, that was very hard. So, um, comedy then became, you know, not really a part of my life um because i couldn't do it and to be honest i i didn't it was hard i, I kind of stepped away from the scene a lot because there was a bit of grief around around that you know um that if i couldn't do it i kind of didn't want to be around it a lot a lot of times you know so we we had we had kids we have four kids now so it was kind of survival for a while then 
my health uh, improved and I got back into some work, but not comedy right away. Um, and then I did this crazy thing where we, we've moved down to Wanganui. So I was in Auckland, uh, based in Auckland. And then we moved down um, just, you know, for different reasons, but we got a young family and we wanted to shift out of Auckland and we came to, you know, Wanganui. And then I thought, oh, living in Wanganui in the middle of a global pandemic, why don't I kind of restart my uh, comedy career? <laughs> um, which is, you know, a bit of a odd decision to make. Um, so for me at this point, um, it's it's gone from like, a, you know, I'm still struggling with some health stuff. So I'm like, um, hey, I'm, if I'm going to be struggling, you know, why not try and do what I love to do? So it's gone from a, let's give it a go as a, hob a hobby. And now it's kind of like, oh, it's it's kind of possible to do some stuff. So let's just keep going and just see how far we can take this thing. Yeah. Did you find something within the lockdown? I mean, there are some, um, I mean, probably more international artists because they're the ones we hear about. Did you find a niche within that lockdown like some people did? Like, I know he didn't do it during lockdown, but, uh, you know, for people who don't know, we can bring up his Instagram and have a look if you want. But Kyle Dunnigan is an American uh, comedian who has found this niche on Instagram where all of his Instagram is geniusly funny. And he <laughs> like he's moved away from being a... Uh, he was doing a little bit of acting and he was comedy writing for sitcoms in America. And he found that niche of online content and he got uh, discovered, I guess you'd say, but certainly blown up by Joe Rogan. Mm -hmm. But uh, it was really, it seems like within lockdown because he was putting out sort of all this content on his Instagram, which you don't have to go anywhere for. He blew up even more. Did, did you find a little something, something in there? Or were you just starting to get back into what you kind of would the stand up in front of a crowd, you know, into a mic, need people, need a group, to do what you want to do yeah yeah i, I would i would love to explore a little bit more around the online sort of thing i didn't get into the niche because um i have four kids and um i was just trying to survive through lockdown <laughs> um to be honest um but that's definitely something i want to explore but my my first love is is live stand-up um that's that's what i love to do i love to be in front of a crowd um and so it's yeah, and and when you're in that environment, that give and take feedback um, is is just so good. That online, I, I kind of I, I struggle to know if things would hit as well. You know, if that makes sense. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's interesting to see where people go. But people, I just mentioned Carl Dunning. I don't know if you know of him very much, but here, here this is what he does. This is his Instagram feed. He became quite famous for doing <laughs> Caitlyn Jenner and the yeah. um, you know, and 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 the children and doing uh, face swaps. <laughs> and all of the voices. Oh, hey. Let's watch a movie at the same time while we're FaceTiming. <laughs> uh, he, and he's very, very funny. He does a great Joe Biden. And he does a whole series um, where he takes off the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. My uraniums, our nation's in crisis. Joe Brogan has just said the N-word. <laughs> no one's watching. <laughs> he's very funny. And I've just yeah, been informed. Yeah. The president. I mean, there's been so many, there's been so many things that have changed in the last ten years. So if you look, I, I stepped away from comedy in 2011, and yep. got back into it um, last year. And I mean, there are so many things that have changed in in comedy in that in that ten years. Um, you know, in, including the online stuff. I mean, there was it was a bit of online stuff, but but really not to to any any extent and even the pathway to comedy because um the pathway to comedy you know especially in new zealand you know it was you know you do you do open mics you know you get on gigs you do you know um and then eventually maybe you move on to the tv and the tv writing and again that was all emerging kind of 2010 all that time but now you have have people um who who get famous you know online and then they do these online comedy and then they do come and do live stand-up as well and a lot of us kind of more i don't know i don't want to come up with some old school but you know they're like wait wait you haven't you haven't earned this or you haven't gone through you know it's just a different pathway and it, there's nothing wrong with it obviously but we're kind of like hey this, this you know th there's different pathways now and it's all sort of changing yeah it's interesting watching that internationally as well i mean i think even though ricky gervais is obviously uh, pretty successful at most of the stuff he does love more hate him he did that because he became famous in television and mm. then started stand-up. And I've heard him talk about um, why he did it. And he said something like, my paraphrase, 
there's a there's a like an hour long program called something like Talking Comedy, where him and right, Jerry, right, yeah. and uh, Jerry Seinfeld and Chris Rock and Louis C.K. They're all sitting down. There might be another one there. So all sitting down, just talking comedy. Yeah, and right, they talk yeah. about the the art of comedy. And I'm pretty sure in that he says something like he kind of felt like he had to, because that was. He felt like what he had earned, he, there was something else he had to also incorporate in there because of what he'd done. And I also was thinking, I'm trying to get a, I, I won't be able to, but I'm trying to get a podcast with Steve O at the moment from Jackass because they've got their <laughs> movies coming out at the moment. Um, and he is a bit similar. He obviously went all through that, that, that you know, television program, movie series, uh, alcohol addiction, coming out the other end, and then started doing comedy up on stage. So it's really interesting to see today how people are sometimes getting there through other sources as opposed to like you say the open mic the having the four spot the three spot the two spot the the mm. feature act the touring um i guess it i guess it shows i mean it's probably a bit like me in radio when i got into radio um everyone else was coming in with communications degrees and i kind of went mm. the side door and had a had a had an opportunity and someone saw something in me and, and got in so probably most people who are getting into radio at that stage was like, how the heck did you do this? That you've gone the mm. wrong way about it. And yeah. it worked for, it worked for 15 years, you know, 20 years or so. Yeah. I mean, and there's, there's no one, there's no one pathway. I mean, what, what I love about stand up and what I loved kind of, I started 2002 and that was a, it was a cool time to start comedy in New Zealand around then because you weren't the pioneers, you know, the, the classic was already going and yeah. there was already some stuff happening. So you know, you you weren't really doing the hard work, but you were, you were kind of part of the second wave where where this was before seven days and before I, I find now I meet a lot of people now. They, you know, a lot of people want to be comedians and think they be, can become comedians in New Zealand, which is great. But when, when we started, there's only a handful of us that kind of um, thought, you know, thought we could do it. And we we're all just like, oh, let's give it a go. We have no clue how there's any kind of career pathway in this. Um, but there is there is no degree in stand up. There's more workshops yeah. now, um, but it's just you get up and do it. And also you you got to learn you got to learn on stage, you know, which is which is quite painful as well. There are things you can obviously do off stage, you know, writing, rehearsing, blah blah blah. But also you just need to you just need to grind it out, you know. Because Seinfeld talks about the you know the open mics is a sweaty gym of of comedy, and that's You're where right. you go to to work out and work you know build your muscles, yeah. Yeah, I'm interested to, to the idea about you stepping away for 10 years because like you've already started to sort of hint at is there's been changes. Uh, it feels like the last maybe three or four or five years there's been even more changes. There's quite a big groundswell uh, swell coming through of um, what comedians can and can't say now. It does <laughs> seem to be sort of more of an international issue than a New Zealand issue. Although, I mean, I I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I like, I like comedy. I have a lot of comedians on. I, I follow it pretty closely and I haven't really heard any controversies in New Zealand about, you know, comedian X saying YZ or talking to ABC person and it being an issue. Maybe there's been some smaller. It all seems to be what's happening internationally though. Do you come back into this genre, come back into this art form thinking, uh, you know, the changes that are afoot are for the better, are for the worse, or they're just changes and they're neutral do you have any concerns about that sort of thing? Um, I, I mean, I, yeah, yeah. Just coming back into it and observing, and, and for one sense, I have I have no concerns around myself and my own comedy. I um, I have always worked clean, um, and that's uh, yeah, that's just been a been a choice. Like I mean, Seinfeld talks about you know, every comedian's on, on their own journey, you know, uh, Seinfeld will work clean as a comedian, but you'll hear interviews and he might swear or whatever, you know, which is, which is quite funny, but that's the way he works. So, I mean, I, in terms of the cancel culture, like I'm not worried about being canceled. <laughs> um, um, I mean, I don't have much to be canceled from uh, any anyways. And um, so um, to be honest, I know there's all been this Joe Rogan sort of stuff, but I mean, I have a, I have a wife, I have four kids, uh, you know, I've got work, I've got comedy. I don't really, I'm not really putting a lot of energy into that discussion. I'm just doing what I do. If, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. And look, if people want to know a bit more about, and, and uh, we were just talking about that. I thought it was called talking comedy. I just looked it up while you were talking to make. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's it's, yeah. Called, it's called talking funny. Oh, that's and right. Yeah. No, that's quite, it's quite a good one. Yeah. I mean, I can't, yeah, I've watched a, it. Yeah. 
and this is these guys. Like, I, I, I think it might be Ricky Gervais produced because he's sort of, you know, there's Chris Rock in there. So there are four <laughs> of them. And yeah. I, I'm gonna, I want to watch this back because just of the mm. of the local of, of the last few conversations uh, we've been having, there they talk <laughs> about using the N word in this. Oh, okay, right, yeah. And they yeah. use the N word, both Chris mm. Rock and Louis C.K. Yeah. And just with the, the the conversations going on of recent of recent days, more so than anything, I want to go back and have a look at this and see what the um you know what the uh what the vibe is. I thought I could see a shot with all four of them. Where is it? Come on. Yeah, no, I I, I watched that years ago. I remember I remember it being quite good. And it's just funny to see those four in a room because comedically they're they're all very different, you know, and um and you might be already kind of. You know, you if people thought they wouldn't ever hang out, you know, but they've got comedy in in common, you know, which is which is really interesting. Yeah, it is funny, isn't it? I I thought this the other day. It's a bit of a bit of a tangent here about when you're sitting in a room and you look around and you go, I would never fucking be with these people mm. for any reason unless it was for position X. Yeah. And like I, I grew up in the church, and I find that within church groups. You look around and you see the 80-year-old man and the 17-year-old, yeah, yeah. uh, you know, teenage girl with two of her friends and the married couple with three small kids all in the same room hanging yeah. out doing something. You're like, what would ever bring these people together? Yeah. I um, I, I belong to a, a business group here in Geneva where we get together every week and kind of share contacts and that sort of thing. And we had a poker night on Friday night. And I was looking around and there was, you know, a couple in there, I, I'm guessing 60s. And there was, you know, an English guy who was um, like an IT specialist and all these people. And I did the same sort of thing. I'm like, it's so funny when something external brings yeah. together a group of people that on any other day, there would be no reason for them to come together. And it works. It kind yeah. of goes to show that this tribal community that we're kind of leaning into at the moment is probably quite unhealthy and false because that it works it works having different positions and people and opinions and people from different groups and you know areas come together even though if you took a photo of that group and go how do they know each other <laughs> people would go i don't know are they some weird family because that's kind of what it is yeah yeah I, I yeah i love it and we've and we've actually lived in different even different communities um you know where there's very very diverse people and um it's good for comedy's sake too uh it's it, it's it's quite fun but yeah it's awesome to see people, people different coming together. And, th and that's been even my involvement in the comedy world. I, I live a different lifestyle probably to a lot of the comedians. I, I did grow up in the church world. I actually worked as a pastor while I was doing stand-up comedy. Um, but when we all got together in, in the room, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't matter. You know, it was awesome. Yeah. 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 So there's a new, uh, this has just sparked off. I and mean, this is what we, we just kind of chat and what comes out. There's a new radio station about to start in New Zealand called Today FM. And I know several people who work at MediaWorks and, you know, everyone talks and I know what they're going to try and do with this radio station. And it kind of relates to what we're talking about. Uh, I'm not going to play the advert because it'll probably get us pulled, but there's an advert for uh, TV2, which is a Danish television network, right? And I, I, I'm going to leave it on silent so we don't get pulled. Hopefully we won't get knocked off YouTube for this. But the advert is all these different groups of people. You can see there's the muscle-bound dudes, you know, there are the, on the left there, there are the, um, there are the, well, there you go. So it's all different groups of people. There's the old men and there's the teenage, look, there's the, the, uh, the ones wearing their active wear and they're the, all these groups of people together who look like they're separate groups of people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what they do in this advert and people uh, should go look it up, look up TV two Danish advert as a, as an announcer comes out and he's, I'll, I'll read it out. Um, but he says, I'm going to ask you some questions. Right. And for people who are listening, these people are all compartmentalized within white lines. So there looks like there is an Indian community there. And beside the Indian community, there is people in active wear, the gym goers. And, you know, on the other side of the room, in their own little box, are the teenage kids all dressed like hooligans. And then there's another box with all the muscle bound gym rats and all this kind of stuff. Right. And he goes, some of them might be a bit personal. Uh, and it goes on. Obviously, people are looking uncomfortable. He says, but I hope you'll answer them honestly. Uh, and then the first question is, who in this room was the class clown? And, of course, all the room kind of starts laughing. And what happens is someone from the gangsters comes out, someone from the elderly mm -hmm. comes out, someone from the teenage group comes out, someone. And 
what it does very cleverly is even though we're compartmentalizing, for those that are watching will see this, for those that are listening won't, there is now a picture up on screen of, what would you say, 12, 15 people there? Yeah. Um, who, again, you'd look at that photo and go, how do they connect? And you have no idea. And it's because they were all class clowns. They were seen as class clown. And one of them's and, wearing a red sock hat, just by the way. <laughs> oh, there you go. Oh, yeah, in the back there. <laughs> yeah. and, and this radio station today, FM, that's about to start up, um, I know that this is part of the inspiration of what their marketing is going to be. I know that because people who work at MediaWorks, you know, we're, it's, it's kind of been talked about publicly. And so this new radio station is going to try and do exactly what we're talking about, which is bringing people together, even if they're from different tribes. Mm. And I don't know if it's going to work or not. Um, people think that this new talk station is going to be like a competitor to ZB. I think the, the feeling and the vibe that I get is it's going to try and be the anti-news talk ZB, uh, which for people who are listening internationally is kind of our right-wing talk radio station. And I, I don't know the inner workings of the place. I mean, some of this might be conjecture and rumor, but I, I've talked to several people within the media work circle, and I know that the advert of people from different tribes and finding their similarities is part of the i don't know what do they call it when you do like a, a board and you put patches of different material oh, yeah. on that thing like a, a vision board vision board that's part yeah. of their vision board for the marketing for what the station is yeah. going to be and it will be fascinating to see if it works or if people go no no i want to stay in my tribe because at the moment media is tribalizing people and putting them in their pockets and then we I, we spoke to a neurologist just last week on the on the podcast talking about the news and the media has started supplying information mm -hmm. to a group that they want as opposed to something else. And this is not looking at being that. The next question is, is it going to work? I mean, is this really just going to be Radio New Zealand with adverts? And if it is, would people rather listen to Radio New Zealand? I guess that's, we don't know that answer yet, but yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see, can this radio station draw together people from different, um, from different tribes but who have some same similarities. People look up that advert. It's Danish TV, TV2, you'll find it. They ask, you know, who's had sex this week and who's feeling lonely and who's bisexual. And so, and then you see all these people coming out from different groups and being a group themselves. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's great that they have that as, as, a, as a value because it does seem that the best way to kind of, to build some sort of group or, you know, is, is to kind of, find similar people, you, you know, um, and that that does work on some level, but you need to have a value, uh, you know, that really drives you if you're going to try and do something like that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And what, yeah. and what I, yeah, I mean, I guess going back to comedy, what I like, I mean, you know, I mean, some people say like, ask like, what's, what's the role of comedy in society? And I mean, it's kind of like, what's the role of music? It's a very, it's a very diverse thing. Um, some comedy can definitely divide people um but comedy also has the great ability um to to bring people together and and what i would hope it you know what i do like about gigs is you do walk around you do come in people yeah hopefully from all different walks of life different ages and stages and you can find a similarity and you've all laughed together and you've all had the shared experience um which is yeah which is an, in a, an amazing amazing thing i think i think you know i love it when you watch a comedian that you go Oh wow! Like, he, I'm thinking that I'm thinking this. I'm thinking the same thing. Or I can't believe he's. You know, I'm I'm kind of an observational comedian. You know, yeah. um, and so when you kind of tap into those things, that people are like, yeah, me too. Um, and then you have this whole room of people laughing at something, and they're going, oh wow! And we have all this in common, and it's a it's a magic moment, really. Do you think in comedy? Because I'm thinking about the comedian sitting in the green room may look like a weird group. What about the audience? I mean, I wonder if the audience, if they're primarily there just to laugh, then you could have that, you know, separate parts of society all coming together. Or, I mean, you, as you say, you're kind of getting back into it now. Do you find more a, a, a kinship amongst the audience because the, the thing they have in common is the comedian? So, like, you're not going to get a broad um, various tribes coming and seeing person X because their comedy is actually tailored to to a tribe yeah uh yeah i mean i mean comedy can be 
yeah, can be tribal in that way. I think the shows that I'm doing and that that this show that we're producing kind of um, a lot of like in people in Wanganui, let's say, are just going to come out to see comedy, I, I think, and to see a comedy show. So they might not be as tribalized. Um, but if you have bigger names coming and, and you do see that, like you do see it race, racially, definitely um, you, people will tap in, you know, tap into that and they'll they'll have their you know, they'll have their audiences. Yeah. Probably also depends on the comedian, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm just thinking about who, who it would be. I mean, anyone's going to go see Di Henwood because he's yeah. like New, New Zealand's uncle or New Zealand's father or New Zealand's brother, depending on, on the age that you are. But there's <laughs> a guy coming from uh, Australia, comedian, uh, his surname's Butsman. He's got a beard. He's quite controversial. He's, he's, he, he's a very successful YouTuber as well. And he's very much, you know, uh, I'm going to slam the woke community and stuff. So I imagine mm -hmm. his audience would be far less diverse. Not not diverse meaning culturally, right. but just is he, the, is he playing? Is he playing well? Is he is he playing Wellington or is he giving that a miss? <laughs> I, I can't remember. I'll have to I'll have to go and I'll have to go and have a squiz. I have to go. I mean the uh, the reason I know about these people coming through is because of what I do. I'm like I wonder if I can get a podcast with that person. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, yeah. Hey, so tell me now as well. You just mentioned Wellington, and the first thing that came to mind for me was Wellington. Was the protest going on? How's life in Whanganui with all the COVID stuff and with all the uh, the, the pushback at the moment from many in the, the community about, you know, what we do and don't want our government to be doing? Not quite understanding that democracy goes, we elect a, a body to make the decisions. And then a certain amount of time later, we go, happy with your decisions, we'll keep you in. Or we go, yeah, no, you can piss off now. People don't seem to quite get that. I had that on a Facebook page down here in Dunedin, there's quite a big one that, that a lot of the Dunedin people get on. It's yeah, like, yeah. how can the local mayor think they've got the right to? And the response to them is um, because they're elected. That's sort of how it works. We kind of go, you are yeah. now in charge. Um, yeah. So how's it I going? Mean, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not. Oh, you know, oh, oh, we're going. We're going okay. Listen, I'm not. I'm not a big political comedian, so um, don't try to suck me into that. But um, <laughs> I, I think um, um, I do do a bit about the protests. Um, um, but I, I said, one of the things that's funny is when people go like, we live in a democracy, you know, so there's like, you know, a, whatever, a couple hundred, a couple thousand, you know, even, even a couple thousand people in, you know, we're in a democracy, we're in a democracy, so do what we want. I'm like, that's not the <laughs> way it works, you know, and um, you're actually not the majority, um, even if you, if you wanted it that way. But uh, yeah, um, there's definitely is some pushback. We have been one of the the lowest um, uh, vaccinated uh, communities, uh, but oh, right. but we're starting to get up, we're starting to get up there as as well. So yeah, um, and I'm not I'm not going to now um, suggest something that I'm thinking this is this is comedy per se, but well, I do love Twitter and I do love the lighthearted banter. Can we put it that way? That happens around Twitter and following this Wellington protest has been fascinating on Twitter. Um, I enjoy this is one that I put out yesterday. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but they had a whole bunch of <laughs> hay turn up because oh, the right. ground was so wet. So my yeah. tweet, and if you want to follow me, it's at Pat Brendan. Was uh, what was it the protesters were saying about sheep? Yeah, and yeah. Hay on the ground. So yeah, <laughs> yeah my, my my one which I posted in my um, I've got a little friend, friend comedian friend group of guys in Wanganui. I posted is. Um, uh, of course, all the all the rain came, um, and I said, um, "Oh, it looks like now God is turning the sprinklers on <laughs> the protests." <laughs> now, the reason that I connected with you originally was uh, you are someone who has has done comedy, who's been in that world, but also, and and currently, you're starting up sort of a new business initiative. And I thought mm -hmm. this is really interesting because I love comedy. I love talking comedy, yeah. but also we're being told that the unsuccessful nature of businesses at the moment in a pandemic, everything's shutting down, all the small businesses are closing all over the country. And in that moment in Wanganui, you have started up a comedy club. Mm -hmm. And I just thought this is a really interesting little thing to check out. I don't mean little, mm -hmm. not patronizing, but I mean, you know, the story. <laughs> This is the story in the Whanganui Chronicle. Unfortunately, we need to be paid to read the whole thing. So yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. We, you can you can you can flesh it out for us. A new yeah. new year, new laughs. Hello Comedy Club set to launch in Whanganui, and uh, the club is called Hello Comedy. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, you've already mentioned the classic. The classic is known 
I guess, amongst comedy circles. I don't know if it's the only dedicated comedy club in New Zealand. I think yeah. it might be. And it's based in Queen Street in Auckland. And it used to be a uh, in Auckland where they showed pornos. Porn, when yes, I was a teenager, yeah. that was the porno movie theatre. Um, <laughs> I, I, sorry, I should, say, I should say that again. Um, that was the porno movie theatre, I hear. I yeah, 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 um, yeah. But you've decided in a pandemic even though let's say it's turning turning toward the endemic and we get into the end of it to start a business and to bring comedy to um Whanganui. and am i right in understanding not just like starting a business and then using bars and stuff but actually you actually have a location like a permanent location for this um, that we're looking at right now is that is that the building no. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's not a permanent location. Actually, that that headline was a little bit misleading. A comedy okay. club, as such, we are starting a comedy production company. Okay, um, and so that is a club um, which is actually owned by the Wanganui Musicians Club. Yeah, um, and they have they have a monthly gig there, and they then the other bring in others. So we're using that that venue um, at at the moment, um, but we are definitely starting a a comedy production company in in so, so that, does, that yeah. mean, does that mean that you're more starting a comedy business so when we look at you know what you've got coming up uh and let's just bring this back in here like this week you're starting off with a friend of the show nick Rado. yes um you're you're basically the producers of it and and you're using that location rather than that location being your quote-unquote club yes yeah correct correct yeah gotcha. um yeah so um we uh my friend friend Elizabeth McMenamin and I, um, she's a actress and producer and lived in Auckland for a while and is now back in Wanganui where she grew up and, and she's been doing comedy. Um, and we got together because we have, we want to bring more comedy, uh, to Wanganui and we have a lot of contacts and, and experience. So, um, th there's, there's a bit of things happening in Wanganui and the Palmy area already. There actually is a monthly show, uh, in Wanganui. Um, which has um, ma mainly has semi-professional comedians from Wanganui and Palmy, um, sometimes Wellington, Palmerston North, um, New Plymouth. Uh, and what we're really looking to do is is to do something a little bit bigger on on the scale, a bit bigger venue, bigger bigger headlines, and we're really looking to build towards to doing a little comedy festival in, in Wanganui. That's really oh, cool. kind of our, our big dream. Um, but again, it's, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird time uh, to start something. And it is, it is kind of humorous as well. Like let's start a production company in Wanganui in the middle of a global pandemic. But I, I our putting, on events, was, putting on events where there's restricted yeah. numbers and people can't yeah. come I mean, yeah, totally. And and actually, when when we started to plan this show, um, we it was kind of October, November last year when we really made the decision. And we were looking at other venues. Uh, there's another theater which is very cool, and we want to use in the future probably. But it, it's a hundred seats, but it's uh, there's no chance to distance. So I think technically you couldn't right. go ahead with a hundred. Whereas, and I said, and I, we were. We were at that point in in coming out of red and orange, and I thought, oh, we need a venue that can still go ahead if we get snapped back in red. And that was before Omicron, you know. So I, we didn't even anticipate that, but we did anticipate that that we would might get you know down at the hundred limit. So we can do a hundred at this venue. We can do a hundred and fifty um, uh, if we if we could, but we can still run it at a hundred and and distance as well, you know, which is yeah, which is awesome. What is the um does that mean because like if I was going along, let's say I I, I took a partner and took a child with me, you know. Not a child. Um, uh, it, it, it's an R18 gig, but um So I had an 18-year-old child. Yes. Um and the three of us were I'm assuming we can bubble and we can all sit with together, but then there needs to be two two meters in all directions. So is there a way when you're a promoter now of going, we can have a hundred individuals? Which means actually, if everyone brings a partner, we can have two hundred because they can all bubble. Does it, like, what is how do they, how do you work that out? The, I I think the, yeah, it's a little bit it's a little bit confusing. But my understanding is is that um, you you make the venue uh, your capacity based on if everyone could social distance at one meter, you know. So that'll give that'll give you 
your your capacity, you know. So even some of these other little shows that we're doing um, in other places, not that we're producing, but I'm performing in, they yeah. can't have a hundred because there's you know there's no limit. So I I think you need to give them the ability to um, social distance. But then I think technically um, the highest level of the law would be that everybody is seated in bubbles with at least a meter distance. So what we will do is we'll set up little tables um, and everyone will be seated and there'll probably be tables of six and and you'll hopefully mix with those. But those people that want to um, only sit with those people that they've come with will have the ability to do that. Yeah. So I, the, I, table, I, the table of six, and I'm, and I'm asking this now because I'm interested in how yeah. it works. The table of yeah. six might be three couples from different places. So they will they be within that one meter bubble or within that table of six? Can they still be a meter apart? Um, they'll probably be within that bubble, I think. Um, and then but that's that, that's, a, that's okay. That's like I don't, I don't know what the guidelines are. So I guess what I'm asking that works I in think, the guidelines. You I think, think so? <laughs> I think so. But yeah, I, I mean, you know, technically, I don't think anyone's going to come in and bust us, but we do want to be. You know, I've been in other situ. Uh, you know, I've been in other bars where these, these, sh these laws should be, in you know, enforced or encouraged, and they're re and really not. You know, yeah. What what kind of you know, when you sit down, you're able to take off your mask. You know, when you have a drink in your hand, you're able to. That that's another thing. If you have a drink in your hand, so if everyone's walking around with a drink, they don't have to have a mask on. Technically, I don't think. Um, but yeah, I, I, we're going to try and set it up in a way where you kind of are in are in a little bubble. Um, yeah. So that might be with a few other people that you didn't come with. But then when you get up, you put on a mask, you move around and and you encourage people to, to distance. Um, but yeah, I, I think comedy's potentially because I, mean, I don't know, I think we're going to be in this, you know, hundred limit for a while. And I think comedy's in a in a good spot because other bigger events can't go ahead, you know, big music concerts or big festivals, but I, you know, there's a lot of comedy shows that can still go ahead at, at a hundred people or less. Yeah. Um, it, is, it does show, look, and I'm, to be honest with you, I, I was talking to someone yesterday about this Wellington protest and about the mandates and I had to actually kind of stop and go, what are they talking about again? Because it's such a generic term the mandates, because in my opinion, yeah. what's happening in Wellington, and you don't need to comment on this, is actually just an anti-vaccine demonstration. It's not an anti-mandate demonstration because there are lots of people who are fully vaccinated, who wear masks everywhere, who still think the mandate shouldn't be happening because it's time to move on. Whereas at that protest, you do not see masks. Now, if it was purely an anti-mandate vaccine, there'd be, maybe not the majority, but there'd be 20, 30% mask wearers saying, you know, I've got the vaccine, but I support the idea of no mandate. So that's my uh, my honest held belief, as we have to say in um, libel laws, uh, why that is potentially just an anti-vaccine uh, march as opposed to an anti-mandate. It's actually hidden. It's couched in an anti-mandate mask. But I had to kind of figure out what that all was again. And it's as I understand, it's about the people losing their jobs who aren't jabbed. Yeah. And, you know, you've got idiots like Michael Laws still using the apartheid example on his facebook page and it's like yeah. he has to be educated again you know and part of south africa they couldn't just take their skin off one day and choose to be it's not yeah anyway yeah um, yeah yeah, yeah think, my, my, the thing that's fascinating is you're talking about the so, so what i'm saying is i think there's a, a bunch of lunacy going on there but in saying that i can also see all the lunacy from the other side where for example I went to the barbers the other day. You haven't commented yet, but that's all right. I don't, I don't mind. Been looking good. Went to the barbers the other day, and I got a little glass bottle of Pepsi Max that I had while I was waiting, and there was a bit left over. So when I got up from my chair, I still had the sort of Pepsi Max bottle to my lips, so I didn't have to put my mask back on. Obviously, I take my mask off to get cut. Didn't have to put my mask back on. Walked to the table, had it in my hand, didn't have to put my mask back on. All the people around me were masked. Walked out the door, didn't put my mask back on because I, I was drinking from a bottle. That's, that's ridiculous. That's lunacy. That's if I can do that then if i had omicron i'm giving it to everybody there yeah you know so so i can also see like that's what i think sometimes about this this conversation is the best examples aren't what they're arguing for like i had a teacher on who wouldn't get vaccinated so she lost her job mm -hmm. and the best argument for that was why do i have to be vaccinated at the front of the class when none of my students have to be but mm -hmm. she didn't use that argument she used all yeah. the anti-vaxxer arguments yeah. and it seems to me that there are a bunch of good arguments that could be used to push back 
but it's but not even the people who are trying to push back are using the good arguments in my you know so anyway that was more of a side point i know you know that's, <laughs> that's not your world i mean it's not your world but i guess you've got to you got to have an understanding no, and gotta, no yeah no, totally yeah my 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 one my one joke about it and to be honest I, I wrote this joke months ago and i and i and i did it down in wellington and it was it was on some of the smaller protests that came but my, my joke is is just like um I'm all for a protest, but let's just get the team together beforehand and figure out what we're protesting for. And uh, because you're there, you're anti-mandate, you're anti-vaccine. You're anti and I saw a guy with a sign and it just said Trump 2020. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, this guy, he's he's not even in the wrong country. He's in the wrong year. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and so for me, I'm not making a huge political statement, but I think I like to kind of break that tension a, a little bit. Like that's probably what I want my comedy to be about now is to kind of, there's, there's tension and I'm not going to preach at you. And there, there are comedians that their style is preaching and that's great. And that's cool. Mine is more observational, high energy. My kind of thing is at the moment um, is I want to just break the tension. There's a lot of tension in my own life around, you know, parenting, my relationships, um, my my health issues, which to be honest, I, I don't really talk about much in, in my comedy, which I'd like to in the future, but I'm just just not there yet. Um, but then this this thing is floating around. And so like when I, you know, I'm on stage this weekend or whatever, I'm not going to try and convince you either way. But I want to come and kind of come in in a joke and just break that that tension that we can all can kind of laugh at it a little bit. Yeah. Is it offensive to ask a comedian who you like? Because I, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, because some some comedian like like if if I, I don't want to say this, but it says someone says it on my um like on my iTunes page, right? And mm -hmm. I, I I I don't um, I get I I get compa compared stylistically. Let's just say to a couple of American two two in particular American podcasters, one who's quite controversial, but it's more about the style of how we just talk. Like even in this conversation, yeah. we've gone off on seven tangents, you know, and then mm -hmm. just talk about whatever. So I don't care people saying because what I get from that is if someone's talking about this this product that I make, this content, they can go, oh, you know, if you like Mark Marin, yeah, let's give himself a big pat on the back there. Um, you know, you'll probably <laughs> like at least the style of how he does it. You may not like the content, but you like the style of how he does it. And I hear about you, like I hear um about you say you're observational, and it makes me think of other comedians and they're being observational. If someone came to you in the street and they were like, you know, who are you like? Like, like that, if they were thinking, am I going to enjoy this comedy on Friday night, show, seeing Dave, first is it yeah. insulting to ask you that question because, you know, I'm like Dave Wiggins, you know, come on, guys. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I want to get a gist of what you're about. Like, I mean, I always think about that, those kind of, you know, set up, punchline, set up, punchline. That's a Jimmy Carr thing, you mm -hmm. know, and lots of puns. You know, that's a Jimmy Carr thing. But I think about long stories and I think about, you know, even the Chappelle's or the Chris Rock's or the, you know, on some levels, the Jerry Seinfeld's and these sorts of people who are more storytellers. Um, so that's a very long-winded way of kind of saying, if you were to explain to someone your style of comedy and who you like, if they're not offensive, what would you say? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I get it. Like, um, there definitely are styles of, of comedy. I would describe myself as um, um, energetic observational comedy. Um, I call myself clean, although I do have one bit. I, I did comedy professionally for eight years and I never swore. Uh, and wow. I now have one bit where I, I say the F-bomb because it's about how my my son um, said it. So in the routine, it's actually about my son saying it, which I don't know if that's better or worse. But anyways, um, I I would, I would, yeah, I think um, it's, it's fine to say some people are like, you know, you're like something, but also, uh, yeah, I am, I am like myself. And to be honest, I'm, I'm probably trying to rediscover, um, my style. Um, I'm probably a little bit more, um, story telling, but still gags, you know, I'm probably similar to Seinfeld, probably a bit more, uh, energetic. Um, yeah, but you definitely gotta, you gotta, Seinfeld talks about every comedian has to go on their own journey, uh, discover. So when, when I started out, I listened to a lot of Seinfeld uh, and uh, Brian Regan and, and others. And I would even write bits where I sounded like Seinfeld, but right. over years, I mean, I'm talking years and years and years, I actually became more, I'm more energetic now, which is kind of ironic because 
I still struggle with fatigue, but on stage for, you know, um, you know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, half an hour at a time, I can be energetic. Um, I'm probably more energetic now, but that's been something that's developed over, over years and kind of just slowly, um, kind of emerged really as I performed more. Yeah. I just put in, as we were talking, uh, energetic observational comedian. Have you ever, have you ever, Googled, <laughs> have you ever Googled that term? Oh, no. I'll show you what comes up on the images. Okay. All right. You tell me who I'm like, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh well, there you go. There's there's, there's me 15 years ago and, and oh. currently now, yeah. So so the, uh, the algorithms I'm, would tend to agree. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the algorithms the 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 lords that we have to look after so let's yeah. talk about what's coming up this week we put this up before let's put it up again for people who are watching um the, now is this officially the first gig for hello comedy yeah officially the first gig yeah yeah so talk about it yeah um so my friend liz and i just got together and, and we really we really wanted to bring something we kind of thought where's the gap in the market in in wanganui yeah so we've got this, uh, as I said earlier, um, we've got this show, which um, is produced by the um, DIY Comedy. Um, and that's a monthly show. And, it, and it's great. It's a, it's a $15, $20 show. Um, and, and it really hits it for what it is. Um, but we wanted to bring something a, a little bit bigger and, and build towards something a little bit bigger, which means bringing, um, bringing outside headliners, but also incorporating locals who we think... Um, are at the at the top level of the, of the local scene so um that's that's what we're doing we you know we rented a venue we created a brand we're doing promo and we're hoping to to really build an audience that wants to come to this show so at the moment this show will be every, every three months um we might produce um other comedians who are coming through we're also looking at trying to get an open mic which is which is a little little bit different um and um, and that's in terms of really trying to get um, local comedians, you know, more experience, um, which will feed into some of these bigger things we want to do. But yeah, our, our dream is really to have a little comedy festival in, in Wanganui where we have a weekend and, and we bring in um, outside acts who are doing, you know, shows in, in the comedy festival in Wellington and Auckland and other places. Right. Uh, and then and mixing in with, again, local acts uh, as well and, and kind of hitting that um hitting those two those those two sort of levels we're also running a workshop with with nick rado on on emceeing um um which is again again part of that that vision of of trying to upskill um uh, local comedians as well yeah i was just thinking as you were um as you were talking about the idea of the the other festivals you could uh you could piggyback off the international comedy festival and just have the Auckland the guys who are flying from Auckland to Wellington just divert. Yeah, on yeah, the, yeah. On the way down. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're yeah we're looking yeah we're looking to 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 do that potentially. But also, what happens as well is those guys hone their shows for the comedy festival, um, and so potentially we're looking at a at a winter at a winter date for our festival. I think winter is just a great time comedy um it's also a time in wanganui where there's there's not as much happening that's what right. that's kind of what we're hearing there's there's normally a lot of things happening in the summer they've been been canceled this summer which is unfortunate but um so um in some sense we were picking off that piggybacking off that comedy festival where we can say to a comedian hey you've got an hour-long solo show which you did at the comedy festival um and we saw it and it was great or it won an award why don't you come and do that in, in Wanganui? And, and I mean, when I was doing, I, I've done four solo shows at the um, comedy festival uh, nominated for the Billy T in 2009. And that's what it was. You develop that show. And then, then you go to, <clears throat> you know, you go to another festival, you go, I got this show. I got, here's the photo. Here's the yeah. bio. Here's the whole show. I can come and I can come and do it. Um, so yeah, that's really what, what we're hoping. People want to find out more about, I mean, if, if they watch this in this week, this is the week of the 14th of February that we're um, having this uh, podcast this Friday as we record this is that first gig. If people want to find out more about the gig, uh, is it best to uh, go to your, well, you've got a, as, as we said before, you've got a um, 
Facebook yeah, page? Fa- yeah, yeah, Facebook. Um, we're on Instagram as well. Uh, Liz, Liz runs our Instagram. She's a bit more savvy. She's younger than me, so she knows all these things. Um, um, yeah, and I mean, and even if you're listening to it after that, um, you know, I don't know. Do you like us or do you follow us? I don't. I don't really know. Either way, um, do you but think there that, will, you think that the Facebook place is the best place to get updated yeah, information? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah, what's happening yeah. in May, August, June, whatever later yeah. on this year? Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. So if if you if you are in the Wanganui area or want to um, travel to the Wanganui area to see comedy, then that's that's where you'll find it. Yeah. It's really exciting, Dave. And I mean, is this um, going to, is this ultimately sort of the the full-time job desire? Like, this is what you want to be doing permanently? Is that even a possibility? Or is this always going to be sort of a, a thing on the side, side hustle? Uh, I, I think it's it's going to be a little bit of a, a side hustle. I mean, any anyone in New Zealand, um there's nobody really doing just stand up, um, you know, full time. Everyone's got some some um, comedy adjacent work. You know, they're writing for TV. They're doing a little bit of acting. So even when I was in the in the height of kind of doing stand up, I did have another part time job because I only really did live stand up. Um, there was li- there was little comedy writing jobs at that point as well. But, you know, I had other friends that, that they were doing, um, they were doing acting, they were doing ads or, you know, whatever to, to supplement, which was cool. But I just decided I just wanted to do stand up. So um, at this point, living in Wanganui, um, it's it's looking to to grow towards a, a part time thing where I'm where I'm performing, where I'm helping producing um, and just. Yeah. And I'm and I'm I'm happy. I'm happy with that. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, so Hello Comedy on uh, Facebook, also uh, Hello Comedy on uh, Instagram as well. And if you're looking for, because, uh, you know, sometimes there's several things of the same name. That's the uh, the logo there, the little alien dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's actually drawn by um, good friend, local artist Mike Marsh, who is is now doing comedy. He did, he did comedy, his first open mic, um, um, which is really, really fun. We've got this this cool little community. There we go. There's Mike's stuff. Yeah. Um, so Mike's a, a, a friend of um, Hello Comedy and um, and myself. And it, yeah, it, we've just created this little, and I hope it grows, this little community that's quite into comedy, quite into watching comedy. And uh, it's a fun little time to be in, in Wanganui. It's a, it's, a, it's a cool little city. Yeah, I, I agree. It is a cool little city. I'm, and I remember being in that neck of the woods, being Whanganui, also uh, sort of Palmerston North. Those areas, they've got some, some cool. I mean, I came from Auckland to Dunedin, and although Dunedin is sort of, well, at one stage was considered one of the big four. I think Hamilton's now bigger and Todong is about the same. But mm. you, you find some smaller places around New Zealand and they have um, a lot going for them. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, there's there's a really um, cool little art scene happening here. And comedy, to my knowledge, hasn't really been a part of it, but it's it's starting to become a part of it. And there's also... There's a lot of people out there. Um, there's a lot of people relocating uh, here that that want to come out and and see something. And, and that's one of the reasons as well that we really started this because um, a lot of comedy tours will go to New Plymouth and then they'll skip over to Palmy and then they'll go down to Wellington. And a lot of times Wanganui gets missed out. Now you know maybe for good reason we might find out. Um, it's you know it's always harder. Um, you know, to market things to it in a smaller place, but we're, but we're also local and we're learning all the tricks and the trades of, of being able to get the word out locally. So if we got people on the ground, we, we can definitely make, make these shows work, which is really exciting. It is also good to build that grassroots up. I mean, there's quite a strong comedy uh, culture here in Dunedin and there is, you know, eight or 10 Dunedin based comedians performing every week, getting in front of people, doing those things. And I know there's a similar thing in Christchurch, probably as big a size. I've spoken to a couple of comedians from Christchurch as well. And then mm. that grows a local scene that grows an audience. And then the bigger artists have a place to come and grow it further because there's a, there's been an audience created for it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, it's kind of a chicken and an egg sort of thing too. Going back to what I said, you, you need to get on stage to get good as a comedian. So we got a lot of local people and we need we need to be getting them shows, um, but they need to also be good shows to start to build an audience 
Um, but then you only get good by doing shows, you know. So it's a, it's it, if we get start if we get the ball rolling, it just gets bigger and bigger. If it snowballs, you know, it's awesome. And that's, I mean, that's the big thing. I mean, t- ten years ago, when I started twenty years ago, I mean, there was nothing anywhere else other than Auckland, really. Um, yeah, yeah. And and now and even and even eleven years ago, ten years ago, when I stopped, um, it was it was still much much smaller and now i see i mean we're we're looking i mean we've got a monthly show and we've got a now a three monthly big headline show and we're looking to start an open mic you know in wanganui and like 10 20 years ago that just wasn't even close to being a, a reality yeah yeah amazing hey dave wiggins thanks so much for joining us today hello comedy is the uh, facebook page best way to find out more about what's going on in Wanganui. but also i don't know if you're a, you're a comedian and you want to uh, if you want to you know, spend some time in Whanganui and see what's going on there, uh, Hello Comedy is a good place for you to check out as well. Thank you, sir. It's been a, a lovely time to catch up with you again after all these years. And, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I appreciate you coming on and, and and sharing your exciting news. And absolute the best of luck. I mean, anyone who's starting up a business in this culture uh, and climate, I guess, whatever the business is, I wish you nothing but positive vibes and, and the best of luck with it. And I hope yeah, the people yeah. of Whanganui come out and support you and what you guys are doing. Because uh, I guess that's much like anything. If they support it and they like it and they uh, patron it, then uh, they'll get more of it, which will be amazing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you, you got to start somewhere. And the thing is, it might sound like a bad time to start it, but if we can, we can start it now and we can get it going now. Then, then when things you know do change and hopefully you know improve in terms of you know limits and people definitely wanting to come out and not worried then i mean it's it's only going to go up from here really absolutely dave wiggins thanks for coming all right thank you so much for having me